So now that we're getting into a somewhat post-pandemic world, first of all, I'm dead because Canada is now raised as like number one for vaccines. Um, Everybody's getting vaccinated and like fastest rate of vaccinations. So good time when we like basically said F you to every single political leader in this country. TBT to when I fled Canada to get my vaccine because I was like, I'm never going to get it here. And I like literally left I was like I need this vaccine but you're not wrong you're not you're not wrong um but now that we're entering into this like post-pandemic world I feel like you and I it's bringing up a lot of not pressure but it it's making us think about what our next step is and it's making us rethink decisions that we had put on hold in the pandemic and it all has to do with where where we want to live and where we want to go from here Hi friends, my name is Nadine and my name is Thadini and welcome to You Know What I Mean. with my um cousin um because when I was away when I was in New York I literally was like should I move to New York I literally and like it's so funny because both of us are like either I'm gonna stay in my childhood home for the rest of my life or I'm leaving the country by peace out I'm going to freaking Timbuktu <laughs> anyways when I was in in New York I was like I literally I was like I want to move here like I I just it, I felt so good and I wanted to leave um and then when I when I came back and we were talking and we were like should we move to Vancouver it's first of all wild second of all I was having this conversation with my cousin and she was like, well, why don't you like, literally she was like, why don't you like, you're going to be 26. Like, don't you want to like start your own life? Like, don't you want to like do your own thing? Like, don't you like, don't you want that? Like, why do you want to stay at home? And, and part of it is not that I want to stay at home because I think both of us, especially, especially over the last like year and a half or so have been very much like, yeah, like I don't really want to stay at home anymore. And I kind of want to take the next step and like do my own thing. But I think a big part of why we're unable or like maybe more okay with not making that change now is because I think in both of our cultures, it's actually very normal to stay with your family for longer. Yeah. It's not like when you're like 18 and you're like, peace out, mom and dad, I'm going to go do my own thing. It's like literally what own thing you literally have to run everything by your parents. Um, and two, I think just in general, like the, the family unit is something that is preserved or kept for so much longer in both of our cultures than it is in like a Western culture. hundred percent. I feel like, first of all, um, in my culture, in, and in, in general, specifically Lebanese, but also in general, Arab culture, mm-hmm. um, you stay with your family until you're married. Yeah. Well, and- that is like, that is the like traditional thing in Indian culture as well, yeah. or in South and- Asian culture. Yeah. And it like it, having an intergenerational house is also something that's very common. Yeah. 
you yeah. with your parents and then you know you have once you get married it's that that just the cycle keeps going and so I never felt this rush to leave my house the only pressure that I did feel is this like western societal pressure being like oh you still live with your parents yeah yeah and, and I, I, just, yeah. I feel this like I don't um, I you know I think you were kind of like alluding to it but it's like I feel this guilt because I am very cognizant that like yes like I do have a life that's outside of my family that's also outside of my parents and I want to grow that and actually live it um but my family is also my life. And so I feel guilty leaving my parents behind. And I think that's just, we we were talking about this, but I think that's just the price of being an immigrant. Like, that's just what comes yeah. with it. I think, too, like, the responsibility, I think it's less for me, at least. And I think, I think partially you, too. Um, I think it's a little less guilt of leaving them behind, but I think it's more the responsibility you feel towards your parents. And I think about that a lot because I think about that with myself. I think about that with like you, um, with other people I know who are South Asian, there is such a strong sense of responsibility towards your parents. And like this idea of like, taking care of them or being there for them or supporting them or whatever it might be. Um, And obviously, like, if we're talking about us in this particular phase of our life, we're thinking about moving out. My parents are very supportive. Like, my mom is literally like, yes, you're 26. Like, aren't you going to go? But then, (laughs) like, like, when are you leaving? He's literally like, we're like, uh to go she's These like western norms meanwhile your mom's like uh so like when are you yeah my mom's like clock. like the clock is ticking laya my sister she's literally like when are you leaving so i can move into your room like everybody's <laughs> like bitch get the fuck out no i'm kidding they're not but like they literally are at the same time um but i just mean like you also feel this sense of like responsibility like towards your family that i think kind of comes with one like just being an immigrant and like having like non-western like views about like your family your family life and like what that means but a lot of people that I've spoken to also will be like yeah no like it's my job to take care of my parents like I'm Mm -hmm. going to take care of my parents and that's that's just like what I'm gonna do and oftentimes it's at the expense of like moving to another country or um you know having those those like types of like romantic relationships like I know some people who are like I'm just not there except to take care of my parents or like I'm doing things with my parents and I'm like oh well that's interesting because like you would just think this would be the time where you would do the opposite but I really think it's because of like the way that we think about things or the way that we're like raised even though my mom's like leave but you know yeah no it's funny because my family my family is exactly like that in the sense that they're like they are encouraging me to live my life but I just know that when the time comes like neither one of us is gonna like I'm gonna feel bad for leaving they're not gonna want me to leave and it's just gonna be bittersweet but I I know that eventually that you do have to leave and I feel like to some extent like we were talking about this in our last episode but you kind of have to assimilate like you kind of have to at one point what is it like fly the nest leave the nest yeah and I I think too like I think a big part of 
actually being able to support your family. And this is something that I'm trying to like, this is something that I'm realizing and like coming to terms with is supporting your family doesn't just mean being physically with them all the time. Like it actually means giving them space and giving you space so that when you show up, you show up in a better way. Um, And that's something that like I'm learning. And I think like, you know, is, is just, it's a different way of thinking about what support means, but like, but it's, it's true. Like you can't, like, you can't just like be with your, with your parents or with your family now for like the rest of your life. And that doesn't mean that you like cut them out and you're like mom and dad who, Yeah. but I think, I don't know. I think I'm just like kind of learning that maybe being there for your family or supporting your family doesn't mean like literally being there beside them and more so like having the space for yourself and then being able to show up in a more productive way. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, you go. No, I was going to say that we're both also anxious people and we have an anxious attachment style. And so it makes sense that we're both like, I'm just going to get comfy. I'm not going to leave. And I can, I can see things with my eyes and be there physically like I need to be. (laughs) And you know what too? Like, I think, I think, you know, like people always talk about this and we always talk about this, but like the pandemic really has exacerbated a lot of these like underlying, you know, questions or or anxieties about this, because I think, you know, for a long time, we were like, we are going to leave. Like, I remember at the beginning of 2020, like, literally, we were like, let's go, let's pack up. Like, we like, I remember, like, I was talking to my mom, and I was like, nope, we're gonna go this day. I put it in my calendar, bitch, leave. Do you remember, Um, we were like, we're gonna have the, we're gonna have the conversation about moving out in September. Yeah. you told your mom and you were your mom, mom was like, okay so September 1st yeah she was like okay she was like okay tell me a day she was like tell me the date and time <laughs> she's like I need to know the exact moment this conversation is happening but um yeah like in we were in 2019 we were like we're gonna have the conversation in September and we're yeah. gonna leave by the beginning of 2020 we're gonna like start looking we're gonna figure it out we're gonna give ourselves like three months we're gonna leave and then obviously while we were still having those conversations then it was 2020 and then it was the pandemic. And so we kind of, I think, used it as like a slight crutch to no longer have those conversations. Um, And, and we were kind of like, okay, we'll just like see how it goes. And then obviously the pandemic has continued to persist and it's just allowed us to put off this conversation for longer and longer. Um, But it's also, it, it, it also really does make you think about what you're doing. Like, why would I want to go to Toronto for us? And like, you know, why would I want to move to Toronto where the li- the lifestyle that you're moving for is not happening? It's, it's not there because of the pandemic. And the pandemic has also bred a lot of like social anxiety and fear around what's going to happen next, what society and like communities are going to look like, mm-hmm. um, what life is going to look like. And, and yeah, like you said, like we're very anxious people. So so it's, I, th- I think that just like makes it hard also. Um, but, you know, I think for us, especially like growing up in the suburbs, um, this idea of like being independent means like leaving home after you finish university and then like going to Toronto and living in Toronto and that's what we're going to do has been like literally like engraved into our brain. Like it has been like etched in stone into our brain. And 
from like high school, literally from high school, well, from literally from high school. It's like you would yeah. go into Toronto for like the day or for like a weekend or not, not the weekend, like a day in the weekend on the weekend, whatever. Um, and it would be like this, like shiny thing. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be like so cool. And I'm going to grow up and I'm going to like move to Toronto and like live this like life. And then I think, you know, like when we kind of were thinking about it, it did make us think critically about whether or not that's actually something we wanted or like whether or not that's like a lifestyle that we even, that we even wanted because it's literally something that's just been like spoon fed to us. And people just like, it's just like this thing you like churn out and you do. And it's like, well, do I even really want to do that? I feel like the pandemic has made us question that in all aspects of our life. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally totally. from A to Z like it's just made us question it and and I think too like we were talking about this we're not the type of people that can just get up and go no. we're not spontaneous we like to know what's gonna literally, happen I'm zero I'm negative percent spontaneous I like, used to think I used to think it was on like uncool to be unspontaneous and now I just don't give a fuck like I want an itinerary I want to know what's gonna happen next and that's just because we're anxious people yeah and also I think too like it's not that I'm unflexible. It's just like, I can't just like get up and do this big thing in my life. And like, yeah. you know, we talk about people in both of our lives, whatever, who just like will do things, who will like get up and yeah. go, who will just like make these big decisions kind of seems like on a whim. Yeah. And I think that really comes from the privilege of stability. Not that neither of us, not that both of us have not had stability, but it's a different type of stability of like what type of stability was it? I literally it's different, if, it's different if like we we, we both came as immigrants so yeah. we never had that full stability in our lives that being said I, I did have a stable childhood but just the fact that we had to like uproot and yeah. it's not that I am coming from a generation of immigrants I myself I'm an immigrant. And so that connection to my family, that connection to my home, that like fear of, of get up and go, it doesn't sit well with me because I'm, because to your point, like we didn't have that type of stability. Yeah. So I don't feel like the ground beneath me is stable enough for me to just move wherever and whenever. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. And I think too, like it's so many things where there's so many decisions and so many things that are impacted by that. Like, you know, even when we think about people who will like quit their job and go do something like having a stable job is a type of stability. Like, you know, having that financial stability, like, like so many different versions of quote stability are ingrained in us because we are immigrants or like are things that we think about because we are immigrants. Like the idea of like wealth or wealth accumulation, like, for example, like my mom and I, when we moved to Canada, like we didn't really have a lot of money. And so like the idea of like having that stability or that income or financial stability is a really big thing. And so, you know, when we're thinking about like switching jobs or whatever, like I wish somebody had told me to like take a chill pill and like calm down. And like, you don't have to literally start working the minute that you graduate university and whatever. But, and as much as I like, am like, resentful for lack of a better word of that I do understand why I thought like that and why that's how I was guided because I understand that mindset of of you know where that came from yeah 
I wish we could be people that could just get up and go. I like we were talking about this, I remember, and um I was like, straight up, I just wish we had different personalities. Like, I wish we could just get up and go wherever we wanted to. Like, I actually wish I was not myself. I wish I was somebody else entirely. I just wish I had a different life. I just wish that this wasn't such an issue. Yeah. But I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to charge my thing because I got a little notification. But yeah, keep going. It. I think it does. I've Something that I always ask myself is, okay let's say like I'm contemplating a big move we were talking about Vancouver (laughs) a part of me I've never been the type of person to like make I don't even know how to describe this but like I think of university and I came home often or I think of like I don't know I know I never really had that life of like I'm gonna live 100% independently yeah you know my family was nice knowing you I will see you when I see you and then I just go and do whatever and I look back now and I wonder if if it is something that I'm missing out on or I think given all of this if I were to do something like that now if it would if it would even make me happy and so like when we're, when we're contemplating a big move, I, qu- I question if it's something that I need or if it's something that I'm, I get, I, I get anxious when I think about it. And I don't know if it's because I need that change or I'm just scared to make it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think another thing too is what you had just said where you're like, I question whether it's something that I actually want. Yeah. Because it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I think it's just this idea that has been literally spoon fed to us for so long. And, and, you know, one of the things that we were saying at the beginning of this conversation was how, you know, in both of our cultures, like the time that you would leave your family is time you get married. Um, But the reason that that obviously doesn't really work as much anymore is because people get married, got married at a much younger age before. Yeah. Then people are getting married now. And so like, we're 25, like we would have been married by now. Also, what the hell am I doing? Am I going to bring a guy home to, this is my childhood home. But that's what people did, right? Because like that was sleeping when I I slept in when I was 12. But that's what people did because like, that was just like the thing, like you, that's just what you did. And so I think, I don't know, like, I don't, I really, I really like think about it often. I mean, I don't know. I really, I'm just going to say the same thing. I do not know. I just, I think about a lot of the decisions that I make and I, I'm cognizant of the fact that it is driven by this like idea of stability, this idea of attachment that was sort of, that has been like sort of fed to me, whether that's because of the community that I grew up in, like as in this Western society or because of like my family and, um, seeing things that they have gone through or like, you know, how hard it was for them to get up and move. Um, But I I feel this inner conflict where I I kind of feel like, well, you have to do things for yourself. But at the same time, I'm like, but doing things for yourself is not mutually exclusive from like the ideas and values that you like grew up with and know of like being a part of a family or like feeling that sense of responsibility in some way. Sorry, before I go on to my next thing, can you, is your mic on your laptop? No. Oh, I, th- 
Oh, okay. you mean is it literally on it? Yeah. It's picking up the it's picking up your fan. Oh, of my literal laptop. Okay. That's better. That's better. That's better. Is that better? Yeah, because at first I was like, is someone vacuuming? And then it I clicked because I heard I remember you saying you were charging it. Oh, that's way better. Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's better now. Okay, awesome. Okay, what have we talked about? We've talked about I think we've literally only talked about moving. So I think we need to like broaden the scope of okay. of what immigrant dreams means. I'm having a, a okay, I'm just gonna restart this because I feel like it caught me mid of doing this movement. I'm having a hard time finding um okay, I'm just gonna say. I'm just going to say, I don't even know if this would be the right way to say it. I'm having a hard time finding a meaningful and actual relationship. And partly because I can't separate, like I'm too in my head about it in terms of like my background and introducing them to my family. Not because I'm at all ashamed of my family. That's not it whatsoever. It's that I am looking for someone so specific, like he has to be so specific and there I I'm just putting extra pressure on myself that the relationship he has to have with my family if that makes sense no it does it's something that I think about a lot because I think I think I'm I think I've said this for a long time but I think I'm realizing like more and more the impact that the relationship your partner has with their family and the relationship that you have with your family and how that comes together, like Mm -hmm. how important that is. I think, you know, like for example, my parents are divorced, but there, I always think about how there are, our families, like both my mom and my dad and my, like my biological dad and then my stepdad's families are all very close. And that's so strange. Like that's not something that you would, necessarily think of as normal but like it has been I don't know however many years since my parents got divorced and like all of our families are still super close and um you know or like close enough and and whatever um and I think about how much I love that and how much I want that reciprocated in like my future relationships um and I don't even just mean that with like romantic relationships. Like I, I, I genuinely mean that with like all relationships. It's why like, like you come over, you and your like mom, for example, come over to like my house for like specific celebrations or whatever, or like why I invite you, whatever. And, um, and yeah, like I totally, I, I, I do know what you mean. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on someone that you actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who is, who is yeah. like, no. And I'm, I, I, I just feel like I need to chill a bit, to be honest. I feel like I need to relax, but I do put a lot of pressure, not just on the person, but like on myself. And I remember I would be, I'd be like dating someone and I've almost pre-screened them in my mind on whether or not they're, they're someone I would bring home. Yeah. And I've cut relationships short or I just haven't let them like extend any farther or further than they were for that specific reason. Because I was like, I just can't imagine you sitting yeah. at table with my family. Like, not that I didn't think that they would be respectful in any way or that yeah. they wouldn't bring a good impression. But I think ultimately I'm like, this has a this has an expiry date. And the expiry date is right now. 
is actually it's expired it is already thanks so much this the shelf life like wasn't too long i had a great time it's over now but it's done thanks so much i think it's hard because it kind of goes back to what we were saying about like what our family unit means but at the end of the day i think that when you find that person or whatever like because family is so important Mm -hmm. to you that it would that is a quality that you would automatically look for in that person and then you and 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 so it would like be similar like it would breed the same like that would that would be a value that would be present in both of your lives and so it would like translate into your relationship yeah if that makes sense yeah I do find as well though that the I don't know if it's like the older I'm getting I'm just really feeling like a, a disconnect from my roots the longer you know we settle into our lives here which is natural but for some reason the way I have it built in my mind is that my future whatever husband will come from the same background and and that will be my reconnection like I, I don't know if that's my that's how I've like I don't know if that's how I have it in my head where I'm like, oh, that is the answer. Like, I will just marry someone within the same culture and we'll just sort of like keep it going. But what's to say what their connection is like? And that's a very specific person to look for. And am I holding myself back from other people? But also, why wouldn't just you being you be enough of a connection to your culture? Because I being like and you having that connection. Yeah. relationship be enough for that to be the connection because I almost feel like the connection within me is sort of dwindling that it's like fading um and and that's not to say that like I I have thought about like how do I re-spark it like how do I get it back up and, and running but I think I have this fear of like longer term of losing it completely wow that's really interesting yeah. That's why I put so much emphasis on <laughs> on um Lebanese. Anytime you're like <laughs> you're like oh, if Nadine meets someone new, she doesn't even say like hi, my name is Nadine. She goes, Hi, I'm Lebanese. They're like, is that a name? <laughs> or or like anyone who is like like do you remember that um account you sent me? She's a therapist and she she's on that podcast anxious like you. Yeah, Mich- Micheline. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know what? I think she's Lebanese. She turned out to be Lebanese. Fun fact. Anytime I find out that someone is Lebanese, I like have to scream it from like a rooftop. I have to like let everybody know. I'm done. So much so that I've started to also Im- embed that in my friends. So um there's a f- Honestly, fuck, do I know about hockey? But like, there's uh, this hockey what? maple on. Uh, that is literally not what I thought you were gonna say. Like, like literally, there's this player on um, Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's Lebanese. And uh, Steph told me this story, and I think it's so sweet. But every time she goes to like a hockey game or something, and they're playing, she's like, "Do you know that guy's Lebanese?" Ah, her boyfriend's like, "I legit don't care." <laughs> like, no. Like, first of all, I know. Keegs buddy he's like I know second of all I don't care but I know because you've told me so many times um that's hilarious it's actually okay so it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to one of my friends about how when my grandma passed away uh, and this is something that my mom and I were also talking about is when my grandma passed away I think both of us felt 
some sort of loss to like to just having that connection back to whatever our culture meant and I think my family is very very immersed in our it not just like Indian culture but like specifically South Indian culture or like um because like they lived in Delhi like my mom lived in Delhi like North Indian in that sense culture um and so I don't ever feel like I personally don't feel like I would lose that but I also know that I won't I know that I'm not going to marry somebody who is not South Asian and I don't know how I know that I just I just know that like that is I think it's kind of a it's not just that I want to keep that connection alive or anything like that I think it's more so that my partner will I will be able to better connect to and relate to my partner if we are from the same cultural background um and there's just like so many things that I just like don't have to explain or like are just understood um because I think yeah like the way that I was brought up as an immigrant is very specific and like my experience is very it's it's not that it's unique it's not like nobody else has this experience but like it's a specific experience and it is a big part of why I am who I am. And in order to understand me, like you would need to understand that. Yep. In and of itself. Yeah. I I feel that exact way. I know I just said I'm very specific with people who are Lebanese, but even just like Middle Eastern culture in in general, Um, because it's, it's true. Like you just have a, you have a shared experience that brings you, um, close in a in a unique way that like other types of relationships won't and that's not to say that like if you ever dated someone that's outside of your own culture or isn't south asian that that relationship won't be special because of course you know it it we just have very high standards so whoever comes into our life has to fulfill these freaking standards no but it's freaking true also like just a funny story um i was recently telling Laya my my sister um about when I was in the 10th grade which like literally was like so long ago and also I was like two years old um and I was like air quote dating because again I was two years old this guy called Josh and he's like the whitest of white guys like he's he is kinder than like anyone like he has a heart of gold he is so kind truly like I know he is such a nice person So this is like in no way disrespectful to him. He's just like super white. Like he's literally never going to listen to this. And if anybody who's listening knows him, you'll know that I'm not wrong. Like he's super white, super nice, heart of gold, so kind, but very white. And he came over um, one day to my house after school. And my mom had made like very traditional Indian food. And so he was he like ate it with me and my mom and it was like so sweet, but it's like so funny to think about this like very white guy being like, but I'm dating this girl who's Indian and I'm like super into her and therefore I'm super into whatever she wants to eat. And like all of this is to say like, yeah, like if you marry someone who's outside of your, whatever it might be, culture, faith, religion, whatever, like having that level of like interest and support is what I would look for in somebody who was like, no, like, tell me more. Like, okay, like, how do you make this? Like, what's the significance of this? Like, 
you eat it this way? Like, how do you eat it? And like, he had so many questions. And and then I remember at the end, he's also like literally so tall. He's like six foot. And he is like a very, very white boy. Um, and then as he was leaving, he like gave my mom a hug. And my mom was literally like, what is going on? What is this? He's so nice. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough. He's so nice. But and but and honestly this is a story to like praise him because he was so kind and like so sweet when he came over and and we were like fairly young like we were like what like 14 yeah um and like I will never date him again in my life for many reasons um but but it, but like it was so nice of him and you know to talk about dating somebody who's outside of your faith and who's outside of your culture like he like genuinely took such an interest in like what we were eating and like I think this is something that we've alluded to in like a previous episode but like food is such an important part I feel like of culture and identity yeah and it was really sweet of him to like make that effort and like you know whatever and he would like talk about it after he'd be like I went home and I told my mom and like I told her that I would like want to make it and so we like looked up a recipe and I like just remember so many details because it was so sweet of him to be so invested in it but um but but yeah like I think you know dating or marrying somebody outside of your culture like that's the type of person they would have to be who is like so supportive and like so on board with it um And like, is a way that you can still feel like your culture is being kept alive or is still, you still have that connection to your culture, despite, you know, maybe your partner not being of of the same culture. Uh, Yeah, I definitely, I think that overall, the most important thing would have to be character. Like you are dating someone because of who they are. And there are people who are like, uh, just because you're Lebanese and come from the same background does not exclude you. Yeah, that's, yeah. So there are definitely people that, you know, are within your culture that are absolutely not right for you. And I'm not going to be like, sorry, there's this amazing man that is like, ama- that is amazing. <laughs> Funny enough, amazing man who's amazing for me, um, who's just come into my life. I'm not going to be like, stop, leave now because you just, you're not from the same background as me. Yeah. But I think, but I think then it's, to- that it's up to you to yeah. like yeah and I think you know if it and I and I know that it is if it truly is a part of who you are and obviously it is because it's how you were brought up it's how you it's like so deeply ingrained in how you think clearly this whole freaking episode was us about was about us being like this is how I think but how, what do I do um it will naturally come through in how you raise your kids and like the values that you impart in them and and I think being connected to your culture is so much more than like going through the motions of it. And it's like, it's, it is a deeper understanding of like what that culture means or like the way that like norms of that culture or how they think, or, you know, it, it just go, it's, it's more than just like, Oh, well, I speak the language. Like you could speak the language and have no relation or no connection to your culture. Um, But I think both of our families being immigrants and, having lived within those very specific I feel like I've said cultures one million times in this episode (laughs) like I literally it's like every second word I say is freaking culture but whatever um that like them coming from there from that culture (laughs) and raising us within the same culture I'm just gonna keep saying it will always shine through when no matter what we do like whether it's 
in our friendships, in our romantic relationships, in, in our work and how we raise our kids, how we like define what family means. I think it'll always be there. It's so interesting because I never would have thought that you, I never would have thought that like you felt like you were losing connection with your religion or your culture. Because I'm so intense with being Lebanese. Um, <laughs> like, but, like literally I say, I, it's like, you know, the name tag, it's like, hello, my name is. And yeah. then hello, my name is, I'm Lebanese. Like that's what follows on mine. Um, you know what it is? It comes from an insecurity that here where I'm, I'm neither here nor there. When I'm here, I, I, I don't feel like I'm fully here as in Canada, fully here as in, exactly. Like I'm, I'm for lack of a better word, like I'm too foreign. And yep. then when I go to Lebanon, I feel too white. So it's a yep. sense of like, I don't really know where I belong to, what I belong to. I want to connect to my heritage I want to be as connected as possible and so it's kind of it comes from like a place of insecurity where I don't feel connected enough and I think eventually I will lose it but do you think that your identity as sort of in the in-between or as like a blended identity is your identity like it's not that you're not one or the other it's that you're both I think that's what I'm trying to, and the, honestly, that's what I'm trying to figure out and understand. I think it's just that I never had the opportunity to fully, um, I, I never grew up in Lebanon. I, I only knew it from my summers there. Um, and because of the, you know, instability of the area and the constant like civil unrest. I never had the opportunity to to live that life that my parents look back on yeah. and think of like really fondly and and those years that define them. Yeah. And so I always feel like I'm looking for this just got really deep, but I'm always looking for that Lebanon or that Lebanese experience that my parents had before the war. And so I think in some aspects, that's like what I try to connect with because I I actually, I don't really, I don't really know her. I think that's really interesting. I actually think it's something I think about too, because I didn't grow up in India either. Like I moved when I was young and then I went back and forth a lot, but like in terms of like fully growing up and having like an extended, you know, time that I can remember there, I don't. And there's like certain fragments of it that I remember, like parts of school or parts of seeing your friends or whatever. But like, I I do know what you mean. I actually think that, I don't know. I actually think that's something my mom goes through. Like she has been gone for so long, but like my aunt, for example, um, is still very much like still lives her life very much in India. Like she will either be there for whether it's like six months out of the year, sometimes like a whole year or like whatever. And she'll go back and forth between the States and and India. And I think I'm like, might be speaking on my mom's behalf if, if she's listening, but I think that's something that my mom feels um, Mm. that the India that she grew up in and that she spent her whole life in until she was like almost 40 is not a life that she like, it's not that life anymore. And so a lot of her like references, a lot of her, um, experiences are no longer the same and I think she 
kind of recognizes that either when she goes back now or when she like talks to my aunt who will be like, well, it's not like that anymore. Um, But I, I think the idea of an experience being like transient is part of the experience. So like you having whatever experience you had there is is that ex- is an experience in and of itself like your experience of Lebanon post-war or during the war rather is still valid in an experience in and of itself like that is the, the experience you should connect to obviously I'm not telling you what to do but like that is an experience you could connect to because it's still a reality even though it's different than the experience your parents had also in Lebanon yeah which is also a reality does that make yeah. sense no, it do- it does. It does. I think that's like part of the the like I don't know if it's like the mindset of like the if you think of like the diaspora and yeah. like people who have had to either flee or they've had to move whatever for whatever reason have had to yeah. emigrate from their countries. Yeah. And I I think it's that like coming to terms with that y- you are leaving something not that not not the same way that you you when it was when you arrived like it's it's just that change in mindset if that makes sense yeah like you're leaving something because it's no longer the same as when you found it exactly exactly but I think in my perspective I never you never found it I never had it yeah I never had it fully and I always wonder what that was like like my sisters went to university in Lebanon um you know and and like they obviously had their own experience with it but they had that time there and they had that connection there whether or not they they still have it you know that's is totally up to them but I always look back and wonder how I would have been or what my life would have been like had I had I been there had I stayed there or ever lived there yeah no that's really that is very interesting I think it's I think trying to connect or recreate a past or a connection to a past will you will always feel like you fall short because mm-hmm. that past doesn't exist anymore so you are trying to not only create a connection that you feel like you don't have but you're creating a connection that you don't have to something that doesn't exist anymore yeah and so it'll always feel like it falls short because it's not it's not there anymore and and also like i think that I don't know I'm just speaking for myself I think that would create that would create a sense of it would further that sense of insecurity or disconnect in for me because I would feel like I am not creating a connection of my own with what exists now like you only like for example I would only know like in an India that my like mom knew, but that India doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would need to create a connection with India or its culture or my own religion or my own culture that is more relevant to me now. Yeah. And actually stands true to a connection now because that's how things are now. I don't know, but it's different for, it's like obviously your connection and how you feel is different for everybody. No, a hundred percent. hundred percent. The challenge is just that like, given the current state of the the world, obviously with the pandemic, but then also with um, 
just the state of the Middle East and specifically Lebanon, I don't know when I will ever get that opportunity. Like, I don't know when I will ever be given that space, you know, so I kind of, I have to do it from a distance, which makes it harder. Yeah. I guess it also brings up another question, like, is connection only through, is connection only through physical, like physically being there? Like, is that the only thing that, or one of the main things that builds connection? Or is it in like the way you live your life or the values that you have or how you say your name or the way that you speak or the language or food or whatever, how you dress? I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good point. I literally just sat with what you were saying. No, it's, it's cause it, no, I, I do think about that often because sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, it's not just about, for example, for me, it's like, not just about like knowing the latest Hindi songs or like, it's not just about wearing specific clothes. It's like actually understanding what that culture is like, or what that tradition, what those traditions are, or like what, you know, how people live their lives and, and what those like what those mindsets are and how that like kind of has an impact on how you do things or think about things or, or whatever, or, or really live your life. Um, but then sometimes I wonder, like, if you leave, like if I, if I've left India, does that mean that I'm no longer in touch with what being Indian means? But I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I personally don't think so because I think when I look around my even just like my room or I look around my life or I look around the people in my life and how I live, you know, in general, that is still such a present part of it. And I, and I, I would say the same for you. Yeah. I think, I think you can never fully uh, like let it go. It's, it's, I think it's like a, it's, it's written in our DNA. It's like a part of our roots. It's, you know, it's, it's very much embedded in us. I think, that I, 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 when I think about this, I, I get the sense, I just need to have my feet on the ground. Like, and it, that like ties into what we were saying about, you know, constantly feeling instability, but that's also not to say that if I had my feet on the ground, literally there, that I would necessarily feel the stability. So I think that's, but to your point, that is all part and parcel of what contributes to our identity today because it's all intersectional absolutely so all of this is to say is that if there's a a Lebanese guy who's Muslim who's listening slide into my DMs slide into my DMs you are obviously the solution I actually hope this identity crisis I actually hope the solution I hope we find him and he comes on and or anyone listening who has friends like listen like hook it up Obviously, I'm having an identity crisis right here, right now. And like, let's, let's solve it. So anyways, we'll just get married. I'm dead. I'm solved. I'm actually freaking dead. I was reading this other, I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. I think it was something on social media. And it was something like, uh, welcome to your, like, something like, this is honestly sick. Because I've said nothing. <laughs> and I've spoken so many words. Um, it was like. Welcome to your 25, like the year of your 
quarter life existential crisis. And I was like, read freaking tweet, okay? Wow. Bold, caps lock, font size 150,000, red, underlined, italicized. Like, that's me. <laughs> Literally, that is me. Like, 25, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I'm like the Pikachu meme. I'm like, 25? Fuck. Like, there's so much to figure out. There's so much to do. And everyone makes you feel like you have no time. But I have time. There's time to decide whether to move. There's time to reconnect with my goddamn identity, whoever that bitch is. There's time to figure it out. There is time. (laughs) But until then, I will be staying in my parents' home um, in my childhood bedroom. So you can find me in the deep, deep depths of the suburbs, living my best life. So thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 